the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Tuesday, April the 14th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today, on April 14th, 1865, President Abraham Lincoln was shot, mortally wounded, by John Wilkes Booth during a performance of Our American Cousin at Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C. A very sad day for America, for the most part. Some were not so sad. Most were. Today in 1759, German-born English composer George Frederick Handel died in London. He was 74 years old. He will forever be remembered. Hallelujah, chorus. Today in 1828, the first edition of Webster's Dictionary was published. Today in 1902, now I mentioned this yesterday, and I was half mistaken, so I want to correct it. Yesterday in 1902, J.C. Penney announced, I said he opened his store, he didn't, he announced that he was going to open his store tomorrow, which is today. So today in 1902, James Cash Penney, J.C. Penney, opened his first store. It wasn't called J.C. Penney at that time, it was called The Golden Rule. But he did open it in Kemener, Wyoming. Today, 1912, the British liner Titanic collided with an iceberg in the North Atlantic at 11.40 p.m. That's the ship's time, and it began sinking. The ship went under two hours and 40 minutes later with a loss of 1,514 lives. So the ship hit, hit the iceberg today. Officially, it sank tomorrow. Two hours and 40 minutes after it struck the iceberg. The ship was known around the world as the ship that could not sink. The unsinkable Titanic. Great lesson in life, isn't it? Today in 1935 was Black Sunday. Dust storm descended upon the central plains. It turned a sunny afternoon into total darkness. It continued. It became known as the Dust Bowl. Many people fled that area, went out to California. Today, in 1939, the John Steinbeck novel, Grapes of Wrath, was first published by Viking Press. Today, in 1956, Ampex Corporation demonstrated the first practical videotape recorder at the National Association of Radio and Television Broadcasters Convention. It was in Chicago that year. Everybody was intrigued by that. Ampex, over the years, has created some incredibly high-quality stuff. They started 1956 with the practical videotape recorder. Five years ago today, the White House announced that President Barack Obama would remove Cuba from the list of state sponsors of terrorism. It's a key step in his bid to normalize relationship between the two countries. For some reason, he was obsessed 
with Cuba. I always felt it had something to do with socialism and whatever else is there. Old cars running up and down the street as a sign of how prosperous socialism has been in that country. One year ago today, Representative Ilhan Omar, she said she, the Muslim, one of the Muslims in Congress, she said she had faced increased death threats since President Donald Trump spread around a video that purported to show her being dismissive of the 2001 terrorist attacks. Well, Trump did put out a video, or his campaign did, his people, and it was, and she was dismissive of the 2001 terrorist attacks. She called it that thing that happened. It wasn't a thing. It was horrific. She knows it. Nancy, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, a year ago, she, of course, jumped to attention, saluted, and said she was taking steps to ensure the safety of the Democratic Muslim lawmaker from Minnesota. This isn't about her being a Muslim. It's about her being disrespectful as a congressperson of the United States of America. If you like country music, you may want to know, before we move along here, that country singer Loretta Lynn has a birthday today. She's 88 years old. She still sings once in a while, I think. I thought I think I saw her not long ago, and it was recent, or maybe it was live. I don't know. I saw her singing a little bit. Anyway, she's 88 years old today. President Obama says he's going to um, make an endorsement today. He's going to endorse Joe Biden for president of the United States. This is after many months of being kind of in the shadows of things. He stepped out into the light of day now. He's doing a lot of things. He's got a new website up, and he's he has begun a relentless attack or his version of an attack on President Trump. He's telling the world, anybody that will listen to him, what Trump is doing wrong, what America has done wrong, but he, of course, has the answers to all of this. So he's basically jumping into the fray, for sure, and he says he is going to endorse Biden. Well, we'll see how that all plays out. I personally don't think it's going to be that simple. I don't think it's going, I, I think what you see is not what you're going to get. I don't have any insight. I can promise you I haven't been talking to anybody in the Biden or Obama sphere. But I can tell you, just my instincts tell me, it's not going to turn out the way it appears it's going to turn out. They they have something in mind because they have been watching Joe Biden and know him well. I don't know. I've never met him, but I, I've observed and he and and my pastor's heart, I kind of feel sorry for him, honestly. I, I certainly don't agree with his politics and even his his whole demeanor is so arrogant and so, you know. But there's a part of me, I guess it's just my pastor's heart. I feel sorry for him. I do. He can't string together two or three or four sentences without breaking down or forgetting what he was going to say or just taking a left turn and going off, you know, onto something else. Maybe he doesn't realize that, but I know that people around him have got to realize that. And Barack Obama is a pretty good communicator, and he would certainly have recognized that. And they know 
that if they put him out there, they're going to have to let him out of that basement at some point. He's going to have to go out, and eventually he's going to have to have a some kind of a debate, I guess, with President Trump. We'll see how that all plays out. But anyway, Obama says he's going to endorse, formally endorse Biden today. These are the, to quote some much greater writer than myself by far, these are the best of times, these are the worst of times. And the reason it is, is because there are two very conflicting worldviews at play today in America, and the world, but we're focused on America. The one holds to traditional values, we call them often, I call them often Judeo-Christian values, The other holds to a relativistic, ever-changing, evolving set of rules. It can be changed in the twinkling of an eye. It depends on what the circumstances call for, what truth actually is. Let me share with you just a couple of things that make that point. While America celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ on Sunday, far left, medical doctor, Virginia governor, Ralph Northam, was working. (laughs) He was signing bills. Yeah, he worked on Easter. He was signing bills into legislation that would transition the Commonwealth of Virginia, the home of Patrick Henry and others, into a far-left bastion that he and Barack Obama have envisioned for the last couple of years. He signed bills revising voting, decriminalizing marijuana. It isn't legalized there yet, but he said, I'm laying the groundwork for that to happen. He signed a number of so-called clean energy bills, a slew of laws that will make Virginia, quote, more equitable, just, and inclusive. The governor was, this governor, who posed in blackface for his medical school yearbook, remember that? The big deal? It was a little dust up, and then the press quickly covered it up. He signed a law that commissions a study of slavery and reparation. Signed a series of laws empowering homosexuals and punishing those who don't celebrate their lifestyle. And he reversed medically unnecessary restrictions on women's health care. In honest speak, like most of us ordinary folks talk, He's advancing, expanding abortion. He's the same doctor that was on the radio, on television, actually, here this past year, explaining, remember that? He was explaining how babies are cared for when an abortion is botched and the baby, the baby, the child, is laid on a table. He's a medical doctor. He said, we make them comfortable. And he said, then the, the, the mother has a conversation with the doctor to decide what her options are because it's her body and it's her decision. Well, this human being lays there on a table. They make it comfortable before they kill it. And I'm not overstating. He said the men in Richmond, that's the state capital, will no longer be telling women what they can and cannot do with their own body. Well, that's a welcome to the brave new world of progressivism. Conversely, on Easter Sunday, President Trump, he had made a speech on Good Friday. It was a good one. 
But on Easter Sunday, President Trump, day before yesterday, he said, and I quote, Melania and I join millions of Christians celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the gift of eternal life. I'm quoting the President of the United States. The gift of eternal life this Easter. Although this year's observance of Easter comes during a somber time for our nation, and we hope all of you are filled with joy, love, and hope that marks this holiest of days. He said, as our nation has faced the unique challenges posed by the coronavirus during the past few weeks, we've turned to God for guidance, comfort, and hope. Throughout this difficult period, we have witnessed the core tenets of Christianity, love, compassion, and kindness, reflected in the many acts of courage, generosity, and caring of the American people. Our country's citizens have taken to heart the words of 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. President Trump said countless Americans have selflessly answered the calls for help in their communities, have performed extraordinary acts to help their neighbors in times of need. Healthcare workers and medical professionals have worked tirelessly to heal the sick and thousands of volunteers, first responders, critical workers, and businesses have contributed their time and resources to help defeat this virus. No matter the circumstances, he said, we will always celebrate Easter as a time of rejuvenation, rebirth, and a renewed sense of purpose and faith. The coronavirus will not stop Easter. Even in the darkest hours, God's abundant love and mercy are unwavering. The light of Christ will always triumph over the trials and tribulations we face because he has defeated death. Today, let us take a little extra time to pray for the strength of our country and our people and ask that God hold all Americans in the palm of his hand. Together, let us rejoice in knowing that Christ has risen. We send our best wishes for a blessed and joyous Easter. I'm quoting the text of what the President of the United States said. While he was doing that, the governor of Virginia, which represents the left, he's a rising star. They like him. They love him. Obama thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. He was down there doing this other stuff, signing into laws, policies and laws that would punish Christians who do not celebrate homosexuality, advancing abortion, and a whole bunch of other things, fiddling with the voting I don't have time to get into all of it, but that is that is the two the two tales of this country at this time. One is terribly far left. The other, the most unusual, the most you wouldn't have thought that Trump would have come out so strong for Christianity, given he he's had a troubled life. I mean, he's had difficulties. He has sinned, but then again. Haven't we all? And if you're not sure, we have. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'm quoting God, his word. You would not have, for a moment, have thought that Donald Trump, if he were elected president of the United States, would make a speech like that on Easter Sunday, but he did. And yet, yet, I'll tell you, the, the attack to destroy this man is unbelievable. It's simply unbelievable.
the last couple of days, this Wuhan coronavirus, I know that's racist now. I mean, Ebola in Africa, named for a river there, all of that. That wasn't racist, but it is now if you name where it came from. Dr. Anthony Fossey, he stood up yesterday at their press conference and he said, I want to make something abundantly clear. People have been saying that Trump should fire him because he disagrees with Trump. And if he did disagree with Trump, that probably should be something to be considered. However, he said, I don't disagree with him. He said, every time that himself and Dr. Bricks, that woman that's on there all the time, they're outstanding doctors, leaders in this type of thing, in virus and so on, epidemic, pandemics. He said every time we've gone to him, and he named when, I'm not going to get into all of that, but he said every time we've gone to him in his office and said, we are strongly recommending that you do this, even though it was monumental and impacted every part of our country, he said he did it. He said the decisions he's made has been based on medicine, not shooting from the hip. He didn't say shooting from the but not just arbitrarily. And yet the newspapers have run stories day after day after day how that these people were standing for science and the president was trying to go just, you know, just on an impulse. And none of that is true. And the press, when they're called out finally, and when it's the lights are turned on and the truth is told and it's out there, the press never recants. They never say, well, maybe we got this wrong, ever. They just go silent on that subject and they move to the next one. And that's the world in which we live. And I want to talk to you about that because over the next few months from now, certainly from now until the next election, which is a while, it's a matter of months, you're going to hear stories that are absolutely false. You're going to hear stories that are partially true. And you're going to hear sentences taken out of statements, out of context, and built into a whole agenda of information. And that's why the media is failing in America. But unfortunately, it hasn't failed yet. I would like to see a complete renewal, a revival. I mentioned a few moments ago that Noah Webster's first dictionary was published today in 18-whatever-it-was. Noah Webster... Noah Webster was a great advocate of not only not only the the Judeo-Christian values, but of infusing them into education and into the press as a basis of truth. We live in a day when truth is evolving in the press, and truth is whatever serves the end game, the agenda. Never was that more clear than in the New York Times over the weekend. It's amazing. Over the weekend, the New York Times published a lengthy assessment of the most recent sexual allegation against former Vice President Joe Biden. This is a parallel to the Supreme Court nominee, Brett Kavanaugh, that we went through last year but it's being played out on a whole different track. The allegations made by former Senate aide Tara Reid, she worked for Biden in his office, 
They've already been processed by the New York Times and republished from Seattle to Miami. All these papers, I looked in Spokane. I didn't see it in the Spokesman Review. I can't believe they wouldn't publish it, but they didn't. But from Seattle to Miami, all across the country, big and little, they all ran with this story. Why? Because it's news? No, not because it's news. Because it serves the end goal of the far-left media and the far-left people in America. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. So they ran with this story, and in the story, in the story, the Times, the Times, <laughs> they slipped, and they told the truth in the first part of the, the first edition of their story. Then they came right back, and they edited it, and they didn't say anything to anybody. It was out there. People had read it. However many people read the New York Times, it's a declining audience, for sure. Fox News caught it, and they came out. They said the New York Times stealth edited its articles on the sexual assault allegation against Joe Biden by his former uh, staff Senate staffer, Tara Reid, just minutes after it was published Sunday morning, removing all references to a key paragraph in the multiple past accusations by seven women with the former vice president who had touched them inappropriately. The first New York Times report said this, no other allegation about sexual assault surfaced in the course of reporting, nor did any former Biden staff members corroborate any details of Ms. Reed's allegation. The Times, I'm quoting the New York Times, the first time they wrote this story. The Times found no matter, they're talking about themselves, the Times found no pattern of sexual misconduct by Mr. Biden beyond the hugs, kisses, and touching that women previously said made them uncomfortable. After pushing the send button and putting that story out there, and, and newspapers across the country picked it right up and republished it. Then the New York Times quickly changed it within minutes. Within minutes, they came back and republished the story, but didn't say it had been edited, which news people are supposed to do, and they usually do, but they didn't. The new version of truth was this, and I quote, No other allegation about sexual assault surfaced in the course of reporting, nor did any former Biden staff members corroborate any details of Ms. Reed's allegation. The Times found no pattern of sexual misconduct by Mr. Biden. What's missing? <laughs> All these other people that said he has been hugging and kissing and touching, and I feel really uncomfortable. Fox published a number of pictures in their in their story about showing him with it. I mean, it, 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 he has a problem. I mean, I understand he likes women. Women are great. But in the mind of the times, they have heard the case, they have ruled that Biden hasn't done anything wrong. Think back to Brett Kavanaugh and how the press attacked him and savaged him and his wife and his kids, and they went on for days. I mean, we saw that. I don't have to recount it. This same press and the Supreme Court justice is not terribly unlike a vice president running for president. I mean, that is a high office. Both of them are. And the way, the, the difference in the way they treated this is unbelievable. 
Fox published these pictures that shows Biden kissing girls and women and touching them. And I mean, it's creepy at best. It's weird at worst. He's known for this. And he's been known for it. I'm not trying to make the case. I'm, I'm telling you that the press is going to try to mislead you, particularly in the coming months. He said publicly here a while back, he said, well, I'm from another generation that thought and behaved differently. So he said, I will try to restrain myself going forward. Well, with all due respect, I'm from a different generation as well. And I still think it's weird. I think it would be very weird if those were my wife, my daughters or my granddaughters. I can tell you. Boy, the news coverage from the New York Times, and I'm just isolating one case. You can multiply this by 100. But the news coverage over this Biden thing, where they're covering, they're just breaking their back to cover the guy. And you put that up against the way they treated Brett Kavanaugh. It's unbelievable. And there's a lot more I could say about it, but I won't take the time to do so. I don't have the time to do so. But last fall, Gallup published their a recent poll on media and the public. They said, quote, Americans remain largely mistrustful of the mass media. They also found that Republicans are increasingly mistrustful of the news media. That's a good thing. They should be. We should be. In recent years, they said, Gallup, Republican trust has fallen as low as 14%. Well, the 14% needs to rethink it because the press is not trustworthy. And what they're putting out there day in and day out is terribly biased. They go to work, they they have an agenda, and they push that agenda every single day. In fact, it is so agenda-driven that Chris Como, over the weekend, CNN host, he's one of their main hosts there, he is the brother to the governor of New York, and you see the governor of New York on... on, uh, on television all the time doing press conferences on the coronavirus uh, that's happening there in New York and across the country. Well, this is his brother, Chris Como. He's on CNN. He admitted over the weekend on his radio show, he said, I no longer enjoy what I'm doing professionally. And he said, I'm, I'm getting sick and tired of trafficking in things that I think are ridiculous. Well, what are those things? The left-wing news. He's part of the left-wing. He said this diagnosis that he received, he is positive for the coronavirus. He said, has made me rethink my career. I don't like what I do professionally. I've decided I don't value indulging irrationality, hyper-partisanship. I don't think it's worth my time anymore. I'm trafficking in things I don't believe in anymore. Now he hasn't converted to be a, a, you know, a conservative. But I'm simply saying, it finally got to him. He can't take it anymore, and that's what the left is doing. And they're feeding this into into television news, into radio news, into print news, anywhere they can find a couple of eyes and ears. They're feeding a a narrative, a message that is simply not true. And we live in a time when we need to be discerning. We must be discerning. We must cut through the noise and all of the shades and the shadows that's wrapping itself around what we call the news. It isn't the news anymore. It's biased. 
It's an agenda. And it's directed to deceive many. Thanks for being with me today. It's always a pleasure. We'll continue our conversation right here tomorrow.